0: Welcome to the Refreshing Edge podcast, hosted by Megan and Nicholas DeSalvo, about what businesses go through when branding, developing creative, and marketing their business in an ever-changing digital climate. It's also about leadership,
1: company culture, building community, working with your spouse, and whatever we feel is important to share with
0: you today. You might know Megan as an amazing wife, incredible mother, thespian entrepreneur, co-owner, and creator of opportunities at Edge One Media, and volunteer for every nonprofit organization that exists in Portland and maybe beyond. You might know Nicholas for his love of coffee, tennis, watches, video games, and all things Portland. Hey, Jake. How's it going? So good. How are you? I'm doing well. Yeah. Uh, Right off the bat, I just want to mention something, and that's, you're not Megan. No, I am not. (laughs) Who are you, exactly?
1: (laughs) Well... (laughs) I am the lead designer for edge one media and I've been with edge one for as a full-time employee for about seven years, I believe.
0: Wow. Seven years. So you're our longest running employee. You've been with us a really long time. And before that you were summer intern for three summers. Yes. Is that right?
1: Two or three. Yeah. Around there. Yeah. Who can remember (laughs) these things? Yeah.
0: and it's been uh, quite the journey it it has been. How do you like it around here?
1: Uh, I love it. Yeah, I I really enjoy the work that we do, the impacts that we make. Um, you know, one of the things I want, one of the things that enticed me to get get into this industry is the ability to um, experience so many different industries and find out about so many different businesses and being able to make an impact and a difference for them has um, been really important.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, those are a lot of the reasons why I do this. So um, it's exciting that you find that exciting as well. And um, so you are the lead designer. You work on a lot of websites around here.
1: Yes, I do.
0: Which is apropos, because today we're talking about website (laughs) trends in 2023.
1: Uh, Good thing you have me (laughs) speaking. Good thing
0: I'm here. (laughs) It is such a good thing that you're here, because... Uh, I've got some questions for you, and it and we haven't really talked a lot about web design on this podcast, but it's a really big part of the things that we do because websites tend to be a business's online marketing hub. It's the place where they collect all the information, where they can build assets, where they can um, accumulate content to build their search engine positioning, where they can sell things where they can get dollars. There's a lot of important things that happen on a website that happen nowhere else on the internet. And so um, we take a lot of care in building them. And you know, when it comes to building them around here, you are the main guy. So I just wanted to ask you about some things if this is your intro into web design. Here are some things to think about in 2023. Um, And and I asked you to prepare some talking points. The first thing on here says immediate call to action. Tell me about that. Yes. Well, apropos that this is the first topic
1: because uh, call to actions are should be the very first um, thing that you see when you visit a website. Um, any what, any good web designer is gonna you know puts um, a call to action right there and in your face. Um,
0: Yeah, and a call to action is like, what should you be doing when you first visit a website?
1: Yeah, the, you know, uh, a quote that I, um, you and I like to use quite often is, you know, what is the, why should I buy from you? Mm where did we learn that? (laughs) I wonder who. (laughs) Um, And I I don't know the exact statistics off my head, off the top of my head, but, um, you know, within the first three seconds around there, you're... That's your time to gain someone's attention who is just visiting a website, and whether that could be impeded by a lot of things such as you know load speed, um, information, um, and a call to action, and telling people exactly what they, what you do, what they need to do, um, and how to do it right off the bat, um, yeah. you know, increases retain uh, retention um, very much.
0: Yeah, if you can get someone to make a connection and make an action uh, within the first few seconds of being there, you have a much better chance of success than if someone just gets there and bounces off, doesn't know what to do. That's the biggest waste of space that we see on websites is that, you know, someone's prime real estate, like the first 600 pixels of someone's website does nothing to tell a user what they should be doing once they get there.
1: Yeah, and obviously this seems like something that oh, obviously you should have a um, call to action. But nowadays, I'm really seeing amongst you know some top companies and um, you know some of my favorite websites that this call to action on the landing page is being extremely optimized. Um, where within those very few seconds, you know exactly what they do, exactly how they want you to do it, and they give you a very easy way to make that happen. Um, and then you know, past that, once when I come across a website. Where they know exactly what they what they do, and they know exactly what you want to do. It creates a little, you know, that first initial form of trust. Um, and then once you have that, once you start building that form of trust, then you might be a little bit more interested in viewing the rest of the site to then further bolster everything else. Um, and you know, what, that information might be um, whether it's like a, a section that has a breakdown of services and the prices um, has other Interactive elements such as questionnaires, Um, you know, having that initial landing page where they have that call to action, it really can show you like, oh, they they know what they're talking about. Let me check out everything else.
0: Oh, yeah. That initial, you know, the, the first impression when you get to the website is so important. Things have to match. You have to tell people what they need to do. They have to know exactly what it is you do. You know, that's another thing that people get wrong is that it's not immediately clear what the organization is or what the business is it's just a logo at the top which doesn't always tell people what your services or products are no not at all and so the the key here is to make it easy have an immediate understanding like a click that somebody knows who you are what you do why it's important why they should buy from you why should they choose you instead of the person down the street why should they be your Customer, why should they be your client? Why should they be your patient? Any of those things. Yeah,
1: and the tricky part about about this is that they are extremely optimized. You find out all that information within you know very short amount of time, um, and that's what makes it so important.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you know helps to have an expert help with that.
0: <laughs> it does. <laughs> and uh, and if you don't, if you look at your own website and you see that it's not immediately clear to you or You know, you're struggling with people bouncing off. That's something to look at. Is your message clear and simple? Simple is also important. Yeah. Because if you try to make it too complicated or push too many things into that first message, people will bounce off there too. Yeah. It's very important that you, you
1: know, find out what your niche is and really lean into that off that first message.
0: Yeah. So what else? So, so there's the immediate call to action. That's a thing that's been around for a long time. But as we're seeing it now, it's more and more important to keep someone's attention, attention span of an internet user is about five seconds long. So, so how can you get people to stay longer? How can you turn the traffic that gets to your website into uh, a lead or a customer or a purchaser?
1: Yeah, um, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna kind of go into a flow from you know how one one interaction can lead into the next and how both of these things are very important. Um, something that you know interactive elements create, uh, you know, they boost engagement. Um, and there's many different ways to create interactive elements, whether they're micro interactions or um, you know big pop ups that come out onto the site to tell user what they should do. Um, an example of this is. You know something, I'm sure. I'm sure you've seen many times. I'm sure we have done these. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, many people where you do like the Harry Potter quizzes, like find out your house. Or oh yeah, your horoscope, or you know whatever that might be. Um, I think everyone can say that whether you, or you think the topic is stupid or not or silly. Um, I shouldn't say stupid, but. Um, Don't you mess with my (laughs) Harry Potter. (laughs) Yeah, it's fun. Regardless if if you're a Harry Potter fan or not, it's fun to see what animal you relate to or something. Oh,
0: yeah. Well, that works in lots of different industries uh, because, you know, there's the Harry Potter, what house are you? But there's also practical applications like symptom finders and Mm -hmm. like, you know, what tier of membership should I join in? We do a lot of that kind of thing with chambers of commerce. Yeah. I mean, that information is
1: very... Um, You know, when you first visit, there's so many options depending on on what the service is, and that's okay. It's just how can you help the client decide or find out what's best for them? Um, Even though you might, as a a business, you have your gold ticket item. um, But that might not fit everyone. So, but that's okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, maybe eventually you can convert some people into that golden ticket item. But the first thing is helping the client find out what's best for them at their current stage.
0: Yeah, and how do you get people into those kinds of mechanisms? There is the lure of finding out what your Harry Potter house is or what tier of membership you should get into, but there are probably other ways that you can incentivize people to give you their information.
1: We, you know, interactive elements can lead into the next thing where we talk talk about either these pop-ups or, um, you know, questionnaires that you find through while navigating a site. And something that you can offer, um, to further increase engagement and then creates like create that engagement to then into a lead. Um, and those are called lead magnets and you can offer these, um, in any m- amount of ways, I mean, lead
0: magnet, uh, at its core form is just a, a thing that you've created a value to incentivize a customer to give you their information, like an email address or a phone number or whatever it is. So you can keep in touch with them and. Hopefully, convert them into a customer somewhere down the road, um, and uh, we do this a lot. A lot of times, it'll be some kind of free resource, like ten things you should know about web design in twenty twenty three. That might be one for us.
1: Yeah, and you know these kinds of things. At first, depending on how you go about it, at first people might be um, a little um, against you know giving you any of their information right off the bat. But it's important to you know come across as this is compl- something completely free, no strings attached. Um, we just want to give this to you out of the, you know, out of the goodness in our hearts, or at least um, just to share some knowledge. And something I've heard Megan say is "is it's not knowledge unless you're sharing it, right? Um, mm-hmm. And she's smart. That Yeah, one. she is. She is. Where is she anyway? I don't. Know. <laughs> I wonder doing one of the many things. <laughs> Just one.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, you know, there there is some hesitancy uh, among businesses to give away their secrets um and you know, or create an environment where um, you know, someone feels empowered to do it themselves rather than hire that person but i you know i feel like if someone's a do-it-yourselfer they're just going to be a do-it yourselfer yeah no one's going to stop them from doing yeah that. why not help them do it in a better way but the thing that that um you get by creating this kind of content is it positions you as an expert so that if someone needs help or gets into it and realizes that it's way over their head they have someone to reach out to for the next step
1: yeah and i think it's it's really important really important that this piece of this Lead magnet. This piece of this deliverable is really valuable. You know, it takes. I think d- completing something like this is going to you know take some time. It's gonna. It needs to be well thought and um, really well put together. Um, you know, it's something truly valuable. And like you said, you some people might be you know against giving away their secrets, but mm-hmm. um, in my mind, if if you give away some of your secrets, then the person getting that secret is going to feel pretty special. You know.
0: <laughs> um i think that's true i think also where people make a mistake here is that they put together something that just kind of sucks yeah you know <laughs> i've gotten lots of lead magnets where i'm like Ugh, this doesn't do anything It doesn't help me in no. any way it's a very cursory look it has to deliver something that somebody doesn't know already or that can't be found you, you know in a 10 second google search do something that delivers something a value to your customer, and they may become your customer. But yeah. if you deliver something that sucks, they're gone. No. So this is a re- it's really important that you take some
1: time on this. Um, and when they get this information, they're going to think, you know, w- what else do they know? You know, what what else can they do? What, I mean, if they're giving this to me right away? I mean, uh, what's next? Honestly, <coughs> you know. And then it gets, it's easier for them to share share things with with their friends and family, if it's if it's really good.
0: Well, going back to interactive elements, there are a few things that help, I think, your conversions out. And that's just making it easy to for someone to get in contact with you. You know, there's this trend to put a button to contact somebody at the end of every page or at the end of every valuable thing, which goes off to a contact page. But maybe it would be better if it popped up Immediately onto the screen, so there's no page extra page load, you know, because every page load is an opportunity to lose somebody.
1: Yeah, one of the main goals for you know web design and uh, user flow and all that is you know, how can we decrease the amount of clicks it takes someone to get to where you want them to be, um, and you know clicking clicking and loading a page is just loading a page in its in and of itself is an extra step. Um, and if you have that pop up right on the page, you know it takes away that half step, and sometimes that half step can really make a difference. Um, everyone's attention span is going to be varied throughout the day, depending on what they've gone through, um, you know, what, if they're having a good day or not. Um, all these outside influences are going to make an impact on how they view your website. Um, and I know when I visit a website, I just want to know the information I want to know, get the thing that I want to get. Um, and if it's too difficult or it takes too long um i'm literally just gonna even if it might take the same exact time to complete it on the current website i might just go to another one just just because
0: yeah well i think that goes to like understanding who your customers are and why they're coming to your site and what you know you might your site might serve multiple purposes what are they are they you know are they a networking site are people coming to your website to find out where the next networking event is Are people coming to your website to find out what your phone number is? Are people coming to your website to do a certain action? Are they trying to look and see if you have a certain service? Are they trying to accomplish something in particular? Are they there to buy a product? Each one of these purposes has a different um, has a different way of manifesting itself in a website. You know, like if someone's there to to call you, make it easy to find your phone number if someone is there to find out where the next networking event is, make it easy for them to find where that event is going to be. If they're there to buy a product, show them the products that you are selling. Make whatever the primary function of your website easy for a user to accomplish. Yeah, I mean finding
1: it oh, I forgot what I was gonna say. Well, it obviously it looks like you know a lot about websites yourself. Huh? <laughs> That <laughs> was quite the list uh, you just ran. Off. I
0: just had it right off the top of my head. <laughs> Actually, literally, that's true. Yeah, I, you know, I've been talking about websites long enough that there are some things that are just universally true. You know, whether it's 2015 or 2023, and making it easy has long been a tenant of web design. Just make it easy to do for a user to do the thing they came here to do. So you don't lose them, so you get the desired outcome. And then think about what your desired outcomes are and work backwards, and reverse engineer mm-hmm. yes. the customer journey yeah. so that um, people get through it more effectively. And that's why we've come up with things like interactive elements and lead magnets and micro interactions, because it increases the likelihood that someone is going to have a positive outcome Against what your website goals are
1: mm-hmm. and retaining their engagement throughout the site, you know it, the longer someone's going to spend on your site through natural um, you know natural progression because of your site's experience, and the longer they're on your site, the more likely they're going to make you know make a purchase or sign up for, or at least sign up for something because they've invested this amount of time
0: yeah, time usually isn't the desired outcome on a no. website you know you know, you want to have more than a minute uh average session duration usually because that gives somebody time to to do the desired outcome but unless you're like wikipedia or amazon or something like that where time on the website um is the metric that you're tracking amazon it's sales but if you spend a lot of time on amazon you're usually adding things to your cart yeah so that's a secondary benefit Yeah, and I don't mean you
1: need you don't want users to spend time on your website because things are taking too long or it's right. difficult to find you know just because of valuable information
0: yeah but usually you're not you're not trying to get people to spend time on your website the people who deal in time are like social networks and, yeah yeah and things like that because then they can sell advertising against the time that you spend on it but that's not 95% of the people who might be listening to this podcast <laughs> yeah <sighs> Shout out, Zuck. <laughs> <clears throat> so the next thing um, you have on your list here, and by the way, I asked Jake to prepare some talking points here so that we could go through some things. And he uh, he gave me a solid couple of pages here to look through. <laughs> um, so that's exciting. So the next thing you have on your list here are micro-interactions. Yeah,
1: so while they might not be as important as the you know some of the previous things we talked about, I think micro interactions just generally increase the you know enhance the general viewing experience of a user. Um, you know, it just acts as fun visual guides, um, something that we now have available to us due to you know the advancement of technology. And it's, it's like, why not do yeah. it? You know, we don't want these things to distract the user um, or you know take away take away from the experience. Um, but rather enhance the, the experience like I mentioned. Um, with small or short animations that are just fun to see, whether it's like hovering over a button and it does something, or you might have an animation in a logo that just does a little thing when you first load in or when you hover over it. Um, this could, these could even be little progress bars while you're mm-hmm. Um, scrolling through a blog if it's particularly long, you know, just knowing, oh, hey, I got fifty percent of the way, I have enough time to read the rest of this. You know, that can be yeah. very helpful. Yeah, and um, we've already talked about pop-ups, and those pop-ups could offer, you know, little promo codes or sign-up forms. Um, there's a lot of different ways that um, websites now um, use these micro interactions to generally increase the, you know, just the enjoyment a person might have on the site.
0: Yeah, I think they're a little like little moments of delight that you can provide with your user um, that might be a little surprising or um, or tell them what to do. Visual cues are really important mm-hmm. to a user experience. And so if even you, if it's
1: just like an arrow. or
0: something Yeah. Like oh, that, yeah, absolutely. So arrow <laughs> or just a small so. little animation on a button or, you know, mm-hmm. l- links are a different color. Mm-hmm. There are all kinds of examples of how we have used visual cues. And if there are micro interactions that might that makes sense. You know, there was a trend for a while to <laughs> to uh, have like real life looking navigation or something. Yeah. You know, you'd you'd see a notebook or something, but that made navigation really difficult. What you want is to make it easy. Use these visual cues to make it easier for someone to understand where they should go, what they should be doing, yeah, I, how the, how they can get into contact with you. Yeah, like you were
1: mentioning, I think I think micro interactions specifically have gone through this, you know, tr- very. You know, a big transitional period where people are trying to figure out how can we add some spice to to our to our website mm-hmm. and then balancing that between distracting to helpful. Right. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's, it's something that's nice. They're not super essential. But um, if you can do it, you know, do it.
0: Yeah. Well, if you can make a micro interaction that serves as a visual cue that is helpful to the customer journey, do that don't make a photorealistic journal <laughs> that like you know it's it's fine but it it doesn't really add to the user experience it makes things more difficult and yeah. it's just design for design's sake mm-hmm. rather than design as part of a communication mechanism yeah
1: past you know past web design design in general something that's important is is making
0: design so good
1: that you don't even notice it you don't even yeah. notice it's
0: a good design right Right. And the important there's an important distinction between design and art. You know, and design yes. is a functional communication mechanism and art is its own art piece. Yes. So it's a, its own expression, right Yeah. Now, so. And we're not making art. No. Nope. We're we're <laughs> ma- we're making um, we're making communication tools. mm mm-hmm. Mhm with some design elements, you know, with artful elements. Yeah, and they have,
1: per- they, you know, they, something can be artistic but not art, right?
0: Exactly. Um,
1: and we're these have, you know, specific functions, specific goals that we're trying to achieve rather than um, we're not trying to make people interpret these goals or interpret how to um, accomplish this task, right? Um, you know, we've, we've studied and um, worked on... Uh, you know, through trials, uh, I don't know what to say. We we've, we've studied and worked through many websites um, and many clients to you know find the best way to make to accomplish these tasks, and that's design.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have twenty years of experience going through websites, which is crazy. That's about you know, it's websites are not that much older than that.
1: Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: and so we've been through lots of different phases of web design behaviors and and you know technology changes the way we interact with websites in lots of different ways when i first got started it was really important to have page weight to be incredibly low you were looking for something in the kilobytes because (laughs) because bandwidth was not strong you know internet speeds people were on dial-up modems and um, so we needed to keep web page weights really low and now with broadband and ever increasing internet speeds, that's less important and so you can have a more visually rich experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean,
1: they're still hanging around, they're still hanging around, but you you notice when a website's old, right, or an older style. Um, and, you know, you still see them around, and some part of what we do here at EdgeOne is to give them a refreshing edge, right? Um, bring them up to speed a little bit.
0: Company man. Um,
1: <laughs> but, uh...
0: yeah, it is very easy to see when a website looks like it's old. And, you know, there there are lots of different um, phases of oldness. You know, mm-hmm. there's the... Yeah. There's the WYSIWYG editor, like the front page old, which we still encounter from time to time. There's the Flash animations old, <laughs> which is less likely. Like, we're less likely to see that mm-hmm. because it doesn't really work with modern browsers. Yeah. Um, and then there's, like, fixed width layouts uh, that have separate mobile versions. And then there was the trend into fluid layouts where you have the same interface no matter what, it just resizes to the screen, and we're still in that. But that yeah,
1: has—we're still—we're we're definitely transitioning out of that period, mm-hmm. and you know that's part of what we do is you know, we're we're starting to help a lot of these people move move forward. Um, yeah, increase their experience. Um, yeah,
0: yeah. Websites are not forever, but if you build them right, they can last you for multiple years. Yeah. So the. Prompt that Nicholas gave me was, you know, come up with some things, some
1: ideas for website trends, right? When you think of trends, you think of, you know, twenty twenty three website trends. What, what's going? What's new yeah. in web design? The this five
0: year. De- new things yeah. in web design this year.
1: And you know, while those are fun and important to a certain extent, these trends that I've put together, I think, are ever ever growing trends within themselves. Um, things that will always be a part of a website experience, um, but they're evolving within, you know, like within themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I've covered you know, how call to actions have been been optimized. You know, people are really taking a lot of care into their their wording and and their their descriptions. You know, um, coming up with valuable lead magnets. Um, you know, I feel like lead mag- magnets have been a thing in one one shape or form um, throughout time, but you know we're that's always growing, and now we're experiencing a different way that they're helping um, people and helping lead people into further business right mm-hmm. um, And with the interactive elements, you know, that's something that's very um, trendy you know you can find so many different people are doing you know oh 3d animation and and all that kind of stuff, and if that's your industry and that that's your business, then you're great right. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have to be that at the same time and you can still come up with innovative ways to engage users and keep the retention high.
0: Yeah, the interactive elements are the things that are the most trendy in this mm-hmm. list because it, you know, it might be different in a few months than yeah. it is right now. Yeah,
1: things, th- things change rapidly.
0: Yeah, and, but interactive elements will always be a thing. You know, it's just what are those interactive elements that you can use? Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's something to be cognizant of all the time. You you know, the framework of your website can last you a really long time, but the content within it can change dramatically over the course of however long. And, And so it's important to keep an eye on these things. And if there's an opportunity to improve or to increase your conversions Um, or anything like that, you should do those because usually it's like micro adjustments that you can make that make a difference over Mm -hmm. the course of hundreds or thousands of visitors.
1: Yeah. Yeah. little, little changes like, you know, uh, it's not too hard to change certain parts of your website. Um, you know, content wise, pictures wise, you get new, if you get updated, you know, (laughs) something that's very, uh, recurring in our work is clients who get new photography. Um, photography is so important. Yeah, updated photography is huge. It's going to make, you could have an old website um, or, you know, an out-of-date, uh, you know, maybe the, the layout isn't the greatest, but if you just plug in some great photography in there, you don't need much.
0: <laughs> photography can really up-level your design,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like, dramatically. Yeah. And, you know, people, people either skimp on photography or don't know how to accomplish it.
1: And you don't, you don't even need a professional photographer.
0: Obviously, having
1: a professional photographer is, you know, very helpful. But, you know, you don't have to have one to have good photography. You know, all our phones nowadays are, (laughs) come with these amazing cameras, The best,
0: the best camera is the one you have with you. I mean, yes, absolutely.
1: And even if you don't have that phone, you know, you might know someone who does.
0: Yeah. The point really is that that photography is easier than it's ever been to acquire and there are many professionals who can help you and if you can't afford a professional there there are many tools that you probably already have that can help you yeah and so there's not really an excuse so just do it
1: and in some tips for that you know if you don't oh, really know we're going into photo tips if you don't know where to start with your photography you know a lot of times i just see people don't have any photos of, of their service literally just have someone take a photograph of you you know, it, maybe give it some some depth, you know, uh, some breadth, not a super close up and just take a photo of what you do. <laughs> that's all you need. And, you know, before, during, after. Um,
0: yeah, and have the light pointing at you and not behind you. Yeah. That's the other, that's the biggest tip I can give you about photography. Yeah. Have the light <laughs> pointing at you and not behind you.
1: Yeah, and just having these natural um, photos will go a long way. Um, you might think maybe they aren't super professional, but that it doesn't, people aren't gonna care about that.
0: Well yeah, the authenticity is a lot more important than the um, professionalism Mm -hmm. of the quality of the photo. Mm -hmm. And uh, and people can tell when you use stock photography, it's awful, don't do it.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes, there there are some rules when using stock photography um, on websites.
0: It's easy Um, to get wrong, it's really easy to get wrong.
1: Yeah. it takes a you know it takes a careful eye to make sure you're usually utilizing stock photography. I, we'd be lying if we were saying if we never used it. But you know you want to use it in the right places in the right way and in a you know a succinct way. I don't know. A, a tasteful manner. A tasteful manner, yeah. Um, but you know, authentic authentic photography trumps all.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, is there anything else about web trends we should talk about right now?
1: Um, I think we covered a lot of We even went off. We went off script and went, at, you know, went into some other topics we really didn't even um, previously discuss. Yeah. So I think that was really good.
0: Well, then it's time for the ask Megan and Nicholas segment. <laughs> Megan's not here, so I'm going to ask you a question, and okay. you're going to ask me a question. We don't know what these questions are. Nope. Um, but. Do you want to go first, or do you want me to? I'll go first. Okay.
1: What? So something. If you know Nicholas, you know Nicholas likes to challenge himself, and he accomplishes <laughs> things through challenges a lot. Um, currently, do you have any type of competition or any type of challenges that uh, you are going through right now? Um, like last year, you did your push-up challenge, I believe, or for a couple years you've been. Doing
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, do you have anything? along those lines, um, coming up for this year at least?
0: So I don't, I don't know if I have a challenge. One thing that's happened to me this year is that I had surgery to start and the challenge is recovering from surgery enough to, to become active again. So that's kind of, but it's not like a I'm going to do 166 <laughs> push-ups every day, so that I get to 5,000 every month, so that I get to you know 60,000 in a year.
1: Which he did. He did do it. I did
0: do that. Yes. And so that's what Jake's talking about when he's talking about challenges. I, I break things down into like um, very segmented elements. You know, I knew how many daily push-ups I needed to do to get to my grand goal of 60,000. Um I don't have anything that's quite that granular yet this year I'm you know like I'm trying to take 10,000 steps a day right at this moment just to keep my body active nice. until I can go back out running and push-uping and pulling up and you know that kind of stuff it's the only thing I can do right now
1: Nice
0: The other thing so I'll talk to you about some of the goals that I had this year Oh here we go Uh and um one is to just write down my thoughts at the end of every day just so that i can have a moment of reflection about what's happened and you know what i might be interested in doing the next day or how i could carry and carry something good over into the next day or how i could let something Mm. bad go in that day which i think is really like you know we talk about mental health is a big topic at this moment and just having a moment of reflection kind of a meditative moment has been really uh happy for my headspace nice so that's one of the one of the goals and kind of challenges i've taken on
1: that's great yeah i mean i can relate a lot with that um something my partner and i have been doing practicing is you know as this form of reflection is to tell each other our favorite part of our day no mm-hmm. matter, no matter what kind of day that may have been, just whatever what that was, you know, um, I Just being mindful and reflective of of your life, uh, you know, can go a long way mental health wise.
0: Yeah. So, so that's what I've been doing. I asked my son that too. Yes. What's your What's the favorite part of your day? Yes. What was your least favorite part of the day? Yeah. And uh, I asked him that every <laughs> every night. Usually, it's uh, just hanging out and yeah. going to school, <laughs> but.
1: Teenagers. Right?
0: Teenagers. <laughs> He's not quite a teenager, but soon. Yeah. Well, that was a good question. My question to you is what is the biggest change you have seen in web design, the internet, your work, since you first started working here?
1: The biggest change. Which, I mean... which is
0: arguably like. There's a, a ten, there's a lot of different, a lot of things. Ten-year
1: span? Um, a lot of things have changed. Uh, something that directly influences the way I work, you know, in, in which then in turn influences how design the design ends up being on the front end is um, the way CMSs have been evolving. Um,
0: CMSs meaning content management systems.
1: Yes. Um, those have been constantly evolving, and I've needed to adapt and learn the best practice moving forward um, with, WordPress specifically, which is the main CMS that we use. Um, they've gone from using the, you know, you mentioned it, the WYSIWYG editors, which is just, a you know, akin to a Word editor. Um, but now, you know, with the blow up of um, do it yourself, um, DIY uh, site builders, you know, Squarespace,
0: uh, Weebly, Weebly, Wix, Weebly, you know,
1: Webflow. All those, um, they implement, they all implement, or even, you know, even certain WordPress themes, they offer, they all offer some type of block editing. Um, and now WordPress have, has been um, pushing forward their own block editor, um, which I think will help, um, you know, help, it, it took some learning to, you know, there's some back end stuff past just the editing part that I won't get into. But for the everyday user, um, it's never been easier to, Make updates and changes, and to the layout, and even to your design, your content, or even your layout to your website than it is now, um, and I think that makes it easier for me as a web designer as well, where I can build these pages, build these websites, and through our training um, of our clients of the launch website, you know, it it makes a lot more sense to the users like how to how to make these changes. You know, before it was trying to navigate. Oh, this looks a little odd. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm going to break something or not if I I edit this now it it all makes kind of makes sense it it just things just look more like they do in the back end than as they do in the front end
0: yeah I mean the whole point of having a content management system is to remove the barriers to updating the content on the website yourself or for a client to do it themselves and that's what's attractive about them is that you don't have to know code in order to Mm. make the updates at all but and it's it's an and it's an exciting time because um it is easier now than it ever has been there has as you said been problems previously with how editing has gone but it's now much much easier mm-hmm. for a user to do it once the framework has been set up so that there is a consistent design direction mm-hmm. so that all of the elements are there so you don't have to think too much about the design, and really just have to think about the content.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I would say that's kind of the biggest change um, for me personally. What you know, what what web web design has the design general base design level of things has been increasing,
0: but uh, what it is. yeah, there is much more immersive experiences. Video is a bit much bigger component, mm, which that is a topic that we didn't recover. Yeah, um, well, video on the internet is a thing. I've heard. <laughs> it's huge <laughs>
1: uh, yeah
0: yeah well yes because you know video as a design element is is um, something that is only newly possible
1: yeah there are and, there's a lot of challenges implementing video with um, within a website mm-hmm. you can you have to implement it optimally and um, you know in the right places
0: you have to have the infrastructure to support it yeah. a lot of times a um, uh, regular hosting service, won't have the um processing power in order to present video in a in a way that
1: videos are very large very large.
0: yeah and you have to figure out how you're going to host them and all kinds of different considerations if you're thinking about using video as a design element as opposed to just mm-hmm. like an embedded video that you might play on a website yeah um so that's <laughs> that's, a, that's a thing that has changed yeah uh, one
1: last I, one last uh trends. man i
0: remember like trying to stream video on real player when you know back in the late 90s oh yeah and that was a that was terrible that was a terrible experience <laughs> and now you can stream video yeah before, that's that's the way
1: yeah now now that i think about it looking back as when i was like oh they have a video i'm like oh okay how is this gonna how is this gonna <laughs> be like how long am i gonna be here mm-hmm. um, to figure out how you know is this video going to work? What is this video even going to be about? How or, can I even play it? Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. Nowadays, it's a lot easier. You, get, you see the video and it works. They <laughs> implement it well. <laughs> yeah, thank
0: God. <laughs> well, what else should we talk about? Anything? Um, Feels like a good place for us to put a bow on it. Yeah. Thank you very much for lending your insight here to the uh, Web Whoa. Design Podcast. Sorry, you got how something? about them Blazers? Oh, <laughs> how about those Trail Blazers? As we're recording this, they just got blown out by the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah.
1: yeah, I watched those highlights this
0: morning. Uh, we're big Blazers fans here. Um, in the web design department of Edge One Media, <laughs> we're the only ones, me what? and Jake.
1: Everyone else is a fan that we have deemed ourselves. <laughs> but,
0: uh, yeah, we're always talking Blazers and everybody's like...
1: They they completely tune out. Yeah. But we'll include them like they're very yeah. interested fans as well.
0: Yeah. So if you ever stop by Edge One Media and you want to talk Blazers, <laughs> we're your guys. <laughs> How about them, Blazers? <laughs> All right. Rip City till I die.
1: All right. Thanks for having me, Nicholas. Appreciate it.
0: We'll see you next time. Yeah. If you liked what you heard today, please be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Share it with a friend. Follow us on the socials. At Edge One Media. At This Is Nicholas DeSalvo. Or at Megan DeSalvo.